1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and
0: early odds with Joe Ostrowski
3: Oregon's down by 12 they're on the 45 yard line with no timeouts
0: Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker.
3: why didn't somebody tell me?
0: Chicago sports betting show touchdown Ohio State there are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying you've got to be kidding you kind of know what I'm thinking about over or under under would be the key word
5: Well, we have our matchup for the big game. Rams expected to be involved all season despite failing to win a game in the month of November. Bengals are the shocker. Long shot to win their division at 25-1. to A dart throw to win the Super Bowl as high as 200-1. to And here they are. Happy Saturday and welcome into early odds with Joe Ostrowski broadcasting live from the score Hyundai studios presented by your local Hyundai dealers on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski of course some Super Bowl coverage coming up but it's the morning of Saturday February 5th and we still have to wait more than another week for the Super Bowl so let's do a reset on the association how about that and when we're looking for a sports betting reset on the nba you know where we go it's rick camp the executive producer of bernstein and rahimi you also hear him doing bulls radio post game shows and he's an expert on nba player props you can find those 444.com and you can find rick on twitter at
2: rick c camp that is at rick c camp what's up rick Thanks for having me back, Joe. I know it's it's been a little bit, and the, M- mm-hmm. the NFL's been the focus of everybody, as it should be. But, man, the NBA's still been, uh, still been pretty good to me. So I- I'm happy that it's almost time for the NBA to take more center stage.
5: Good. And there are some awards that we have live. You gave out some triple digits before the season started on this very show. I want to get an update on those. I know there are some you're uncomfortable with. Some I feel pretty strong about, but I can understand why it's a bit dicey. But we need to start with the Bulls. And if I'm looking for a negative opinion on the Bulls, I know where I can go. I can go to (laughs) one Rick C. camp, right? I mean, you're the last one to buy in on this team. And now everybody is aboard, and it doesn't seem like they want to get off the train, even though the defense has had some issues of late. I want to throw a scenario out there even though they are at the very top in the Eastern Conference. Want to get your reaction? It's going back and forth with uh, someone I consider to be a sharp NBA bettor. The number is intriguing. He made the case Bulls missed the playoffs. When I say Bulls miss the playoffs, I'm talking about outside of the top six seeds. Playing does not matter. We know before the season, that was a hot bet with a lot of Bulls fans to make the playoffs, and you had to lay some juice. They were a favorite to do so. They have a tough remaining schedule. They're missing key contributors. If they stumble for a week or more, they could find themselves outside of the top six seeds in the East. Is Bulls to miss the playoffs at 13-1 to a crazy bet?
2: Ooh, 13 to one Mm -hmm. at that number, I would probably sprinkle a little on it. I wouldn't go like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be any huge bet for me, but I would actually probably, probably sprinkle a little on there. Now, I don't think it's that I, it's more of a numbers play than anything, you know, as we sit with the bulls still. Yeah. At the top, there's other teams. See, it's, it's not just can the bulls fall. It's can the Bulls fall harder than other teams?
5: Well, let me throw the numbers at you. And you tell yeah. me if the Bulls are the most appealing number. We started there, obviously, because we have a lot of Bulls fans listening. So mm-hmm. Bulls are 13 to one to miss Brooklyn, 11 to one Milwaukee and Philadelphia, 16 to one Miami 20 to one.
2: Probably. Probably. I think there's actually more volatility with Brooklyn than there is with the Bulls, which is crazy for me to say, just because of Kevin Durant being out, because of James Harden not playing as well lately. And obviously Kyrie Irving cannot play in any home game. So if James Harden goes out for for any reason before uh, Kevin Durant can get back, then Brooklyn's screwed in the interim until they can get guys back. They are in real trouble where the one thing the Bulls have had going for them right now is their defense is not playing well. Obviously not having Lonzo Ball, not having Alex Caruso is going to do that to you. Mm -hmm. But at least they have enough of the other guys to where they can win some shootouts. And that's kind of what they're doing. They've been winning shootouts against not great teams. That's how they've been able to stay afloat because a lot of these teams at the top of the East are on losing streaks. You know, like Miami's lost a few in a row. Brooklyn's been losing, you know, a team like Cleveland is as hurt as the bulls, if not more in in comparative fashion, but they have one of the easiest schedules down the stretch. I still trust Milwaukee, even though they've been kind of up and down. I think it's kind of been one of those. You just want a title and now you're kind of disinterested in the regular season type things. Now that they're finally healthy. I think I actually like the Brooklyn at 11 to one, a little bit better Than the Bulls number, but Bulls fans should know it's possible. The Bulls have a lot of tough games left. Like, as I look at the schedule, three against Milwaukee, two against Phoenix, two against Miami, two against Philly, two against Cleveland. And obviously, four of those five teams are in that top six in the West, in the East, excuse me. So, when it comes down to it, the Bulls need to, especially in those where against Miami, Philly, Cleveland, where you have two left against them, Mm -hmm. at least split, at least split in those games against those teams. Is that that realistic pending on when guys get back and when they're able to play their full minute load? That's the, that's the question at this point, you know, you can win shootouts against teams like Orlando, but when it comes to those teams that are better, can you win shootouts against those teams without playing better defense? I just don't know.
5: Rick, the other day on BetQL Daily, had Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough on former Suns GM, drafted Devin Booker, drafted DeAndre. He Aiden. did? Yes, he will remind <laughs> you. Uh, hey, I would too, man. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> Taking I would that too. guy outside the top 10? Yes.
5: OK, so I asked him a similar question. We were talking about how stacked it is at the top of the Eastern Conference. And basketball happens. We've got two months of basketball to occur. Things are going to change, I would assume. It's not going to be the same six. I asked him if uh, if there's a team that he expects to take off and separate themselves from the pack, and if there's a team that he thinks could fall back. And he said the team that he thinks will take off once they get healthy is going to be Miami. And the team to be closer to what we were expecting coming into the season
2: is Cleveland, agree or disagree. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The only, I think the biggest argument for Cleveland positively is their schedule. The fact that they have what's looking like the second easiest schedule down the stretch. Now, the thing is though, we've seen now what they look like without Darius Garland. And if he misses any games, Cleveland essentially has no chance in those games. Because you're either starting a Brian Goodwin or you're starting Chetty Osman at the point. Or maybe they end up going with Rayshon Rondo or something like that. I mean, it's, it's bad options in that backcourt just with how devastated they've been by injury. So maybe with the deadline coming up, that's the other variable too that we don't know. Are they able to bring in another ball handler? Maybe they're mm-hmm. able to trade a first round pick and Colin Sexton or Ricky Rubio as salary filler to be able to bring in someone that can help them out and give them a little bit of depth in the backcourt. That's possible. I don't know how how probable that is. So that could be something that helps them out. So I, I do find that fascinating. I agree on Miami because Miami has not been healthy all year. There have been the one team that shown when they're healthy, they do have that ability to take off. So as I kind of look at that, if everything's shuffling, and I had to kind of guess who's the top half and the bottom half of that top six by the time we get to the end of the season, mm-hmm. I tend to think Miami, Philly and Milwaukee are in the top three, and then and then the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Nets are in that bottom three. So one of the, they'll maybe be fighting it out for home court in the first round, but as I look at that, I tend to think Cleveland, the Bulls, become both of those teams partially because of injury, and then, well, Brooklyn, for the same reason, they'll probably be those four through six. So I, I, I could see where McDonough's coming from there. Before we get to the awards,
5: are there any division, conference, title futures worth addressing
2: as i look at divisions i think things are pretty pretty set as is there's some of them that are obviously just straight done i was trying in my head trying to think of a way for maybe memphis to start to slide and dallas who's plus 300 in the southwest on points bet to be able to come back and win that division but i mean just as especially seeing the game that John Morant and the Grizzlies had against the Knicks and the Knicks aren't very good. The Grizzlies are so deep that outside of a John Morant injury, if they, if any of their other starters get hurt, they have a capable guy to be able to fill in. And I think having that floor set so high is absolutely huge for them. So I don't necessarily see any value there. If you're looking for some shorter odds, Milwaukee minus 125 to win the division, to win the Central. I like that. Because I, I think the Bulls are going to fall I, I, back a little bit. I'm, and la- that's probably, I'm laughing. That's probably about as short of a number as you're going to see Milwaukee at all year.
5: I, I'm laughing because I already know because he's addressed it multiple times this NBA season. Uh, our guy, Jim Miller, is going to say the complete opposite later in the show. He's going to bring up the Bulls <laughs> side 100%.
2: That's and that's fine. The Bulls could win the division. Like looking Mm -hmm. at it right now, the three teams that matter in the central Milwaukee on and these are on points, but Milwaukee's minus 125, the Bulls two to one, the Cavs plus 325. Okay. If you want to, if you want to bet the Bulls and, and basically expect them to be able to, you know, keep things above board until Ball and Caruso come back and then you expect them to. Going pretty much right away when they get back. I think that might be a lot to be asking of them, especially considering the schedule down the stretch and just the fact of it. Kind of feels like Milwaukee's going to try and kick it into gear at least a little bit before as we get down the stretch here, so that they can have the home court kind of locked up, so they get that first round series at home and then maybe coast a little bit down the stretch. But I think the Bulls are going to have to fight a lot harder considering the injury situation that they've got. So. I honestly never thought we would see Milwaukee minus 125 at any point. You know, I don't like laying a whole lot of juice, but for that, yeah, I'm probably going to end up playing it. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski Sports Radio
5: 670. The score, my guest this morning, Rick Camp. You could find his player props, 444.com, Bulls Radio postgame host, and of course, executive producer of Bernstein and Rahimi let's talk some MVP Joel Embiid is the favorite it wasn't that long ago you could have found Embiid at 50 to 1 but now he's your favorite followed by Jokic Giannis is third Steph Curry fourth and every time I look up the Ja Morant number is getting shorter and shorter there's a pretty decent one so a little bit of value over at points bet you can find him at 16 to 1 Rick, do we stay in the top five? Because it really drops off after that. The numbers balloon out to 40 to one. That's where you're going to find Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic. Uh, DeRozan is now outside the top 10 in the odds. He's number 11 at 60 to one.
2: But uh, with a couple months left,
5: is it in that top five and beat Giannis Curry yet, Ja?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Similar to what I was thinking with the Southwest division bet, I was trying to find a way to think of Luka. For this at forty to one, but you know, looking at the standings, just to even get into the top three, they're six games back of that. That that's a, that's pretty far to have to go, and I think that's what they would have to do at a minimum get by one of Phoenix, Golden State, and Memphis just to have a shot to show how good uh, Dallas is playing down the stretch to move the odds. I think all the narrative. It's funny how the narrative has shifted because we've already gone through a couple cycles of it where it was all Steph Curry all the time, then all Kevin Durant. And now Steph's head is shooting woes. Kevin Durant is hurt. Mm. Joel Embiid is taking that roster that has a $35 million zero on it for this part of the season. And I don't expect a major deal to happen necessarily like a Bradley Beal swap or anything like that for the Sixers to happen at the deadline or anything of, of that stature. So And beat is the favorite does make a whole lot of sense. I mean, 29, 10, and 4, and I think that 4 has actually been pretty huge because it means they've been able to run more offense through him and give him even more touches because he's been able to play make for others a little bit better than he has in the past. The one thing that I might keep an eye on is if Milwaukee makes the run like I think they will to really solidify themselves. You know, Giannis at 350, it's it's not a crazy number. There's not a ton of value there, but I would not be shocked at all if Milwaukee ends up somehow being the one seed. Just like, you know, if you look at the end of the year, be like, yeah, just like we what we thought for most of the season. That could have been Milwaukee, and he ends up making a late push for MVP. You know the hill I'm dying on, and I'm not giving up. I'm going to continue to bring
5: this up. I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. Every time I'm talking NBA futures, I will not stop because I truly believe it. It doesn't have anything with us holding Miles Bridges, 100 to one most improved player tickets. Absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the early odds audience holding those same tickets. But if jaw is truly an MVP contender, And he sparkles every time he's on national TV. People are constantly tweeting the latest amazing move that he made on a basketball court. If he's in the mix, top five player in the NBA, you can't call him the most improved player. And he's a huge favorite for that most improved player award. He can't be. He was already a star. Now he's elevated to superstar status. Yeah, I
2: think you're not buying. I disagree, I disagree a little because I actually Come on. think, I th- oh, believe me, I want to be wrong. But they're plenty, believe me, I am wrong plenty. So, and I would love for this to be one of those times. But the thing is for how he went from a fringe star to a legitimate with a bullet superstar. And that step is to me so much higher than going from a young guy, figuring it out to hitting yeah. like fringe star status that I think he's going to get that no matter what. And I'd I'd still be surprised he may have a chance if Memphis can get above Golden State or Phoenix, get into that top two. I'd still be surprised if that happens, but I think they're probably going to say, hey, it's your first time through here, young fella. You know, here's most improved as a consolation prize mm, for not getting MVP this trash. time around. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's trash logic, but I think that's what's going to end up happening because so many uh, admit that so many voters admit now, yeah, Derek Rose probably shouldn't have gotten that MVP the year that he did, and it probably should have gone to LeBron. And there's a lot of parallels being drawn between those two seasons. So I think this may be a time where a lot of the voters are going to be like, yeah, we can't make that same mistake again, especially considering, considering it's a really solid year for MVP, unlike last year where we were just like begging someone to kind of like take the reins, and then Jokic finally did. Like, there's a lot of really good candidates this year. Well, now we have to change the
5: way we handicap the award, right? I mean, last year, Julius Randle gets it, even though he had multiple seasons in which he was very close to or just about hit that 20 points per game mark, but then he's on a team with low expectations and they exceed those expectations with the Knicks, and they want them out of there right now. Anyways, the, the entire fan base wants him gone. But I'm talking about last year. I, I guess it started to flip, and I just chalked it up as New York media market. That's why Randall got that award. If you go jaw, if you give it to one of the superstars, you're really changing how you've voted for this award for years and years.
2: Yeah, to a point, I, I agree. I mean, one thing that has been a more consistent thing as of late with Most Improved is that person has been an all star? So if you just mm. use the all star as a bar, you know, for our guy Miles Bridges, if maybe he had kept up the the pace that he had early in the season, and maybe if Charlotte <sighs> had also continued to play as well as they did early in the year, oh, man. then that would have been a thing. Like it feels it feels like and maybe this is just trolling us because you know it's really all about us and our bet. Yes, that since
6: in the audience the,
2: since the <laughs> uh, since the all-star voting closed charlotte has been playing a, a decent amount better they're sitting you know sitting seventh in the in the east like they were kind of almost on at a point for a while of missing the play-in now being at the top of the play-in level and kind of just waiting hoping that one of the top six teams falls like he's been playing really really well and a consistent like second scoring option uh, for LaMelo Ball because Terry Rozier's is inconsistent. Kelly Oubre is either going to get you 8 or 25, it feels like, off the bench. You know, Charlotte's a flawed team, but what he's been able to do as like a secondary playmaker and also just a consistent score has really been huge for Charlotte. It's just that it's Charlotte and it's a team that's in the play-in and not sl- and not like solidly in the playoffs.
5: All right, that's uh, that's Rick's nice way of telling me that we should probably consider cashing out our Miles Bridges tickets, which are paying better than 8X right now. What about our Draymond Defensive Player of the Year tickets? It's talking about Embiid, how much he moved in that market. Uh, the big story here Jaron Jackson Jr. went mm-hmm. from as high as 150 to 1. At the moment, he's down to six to one at points bet, but Draymond and Gobert are the co favorites.
2: Yeah. What I find interesting with, with Jaron Jackson is kind of last year, he was not good defensively. Like he kind of came in being like, this is a guy who should be really versatile defensively. And you just hope that he can develop the shot enough. Well, then last year you had the shot was working really well, but he wasn't playing very well defensively. And then he comes back this year and with Steven Adams next to him, as opposed to Valanchunas, where Adams is kind of the below the rim, really physical dude. That'll help you on the boards more, which is perfect to balance out Jackson. Who's not great on the boards. He's been an elite weak side rim protector. So, and the thing is you have a weak side rim protector who's won that award. And that's Giannis. So it's not like it has to be the starting center or whatever. It's generally been rim protector, and that's what Jaron Jackson has been for them, and also a guy that allows them to switch one through four that can get out on the perimeter. So Jaron Jackson deserves to be in that top four, but the lucky thing for us and our Draymond Green tickets yeah. is that he and Gobert have missed a good amount of time. So, uh, you know, Draymond's not going to play in the All-Star game. That's So that's another data point for, like, really caring much more about the regular season. So I do think as long as he comes back soon, like I don't know the exact amount of games or an exact date he has to be back by with Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, about to be back in the lineup, but man, he really he needs to come back pretty soon for there to be more viability on this Draymond ticket because if he had stayed healthy, this was a runaway
5: man, I'm going to I'm going to be sad if we don't win one of these two.
2: Yeah, especially with how man, if there was what was it like a month or six weeks into the season, we have both of them as the favorites. Yes. We were looking we were looking great. And then and then, you know, NBA yeah. things happened and, uh-huh. and, and not and not as much right now.
5: We have not mentioned coach of the year, rookie of the year, six man award. What should we pass along?
2: Uh sixth man is done. That's Tyler Hero yep. to me. He's minus eight hundred mm, on points. Kevin but Love, Kevin Love, long shot. Okay. It, yeah, no. if you want, if you, if you want, to, if you want to throw, you know, a small amount on somebody that's not Tyler Hero, Kevin Love would probably be the one to do that with because with the injuries that Cleveland has, he needs to be really good. So you
5: know, Zach Price, friend of ours, really good NBA better. He's been on this show. He comes on BetQL daily all the time. He's an admitted Cavs fan, but his case was part of it is he's going to get some buzz during and after all-star weekend in Cleveland, buying any of that
2: to a point, partially also because the scoring from Jared Allen has gone down pretty significantly lately. And Kevin Love has been one of the people that's been picking up the slack scoring wise. So his role has actually, his role has expanded, especially offensively as the seasons progressed. So, if there's someone to make the case for that's not Tyler Hero, it is Kevin Love. So if you want to put something small on that, cool. That's a dart throw at this point. That'd be the smart dart throw. For Rookie of the Year, it's still Cleveland because Evan Mobley, it, it's so much more than just the numbers because it's so rare for Rookie of the Year to not be just look for the guy that's getting volume and numbers because that's generally what it is because more often than not, most rookies aren't that good. They're not efficient, and it's just a matter of who shows the most promise. But Evan Mobley, the top two guys, Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham are so much better than their numbers show. And Mm -hmm. Mobley's been showing it all year, minus 270, where Cade Cunningham is the second favorite at six to one. He's much better, especially lately. He's been much better than his numbers even show in terms of just giving Detroit any semblance of respectable offense. But I still think that that's going to be Mobley's unless he were to get hurt real soon and miss the rest of miss the rest of the regular season or something. I think that's about as close to a runaway as we get. And then coach the years fascinating because you have different pro team profiles at the top. You yeah. Monty, Monty Re- Williams Re- the remember
5: sun. Tibbs came charging around this time. You can get right. him at a big number last year at, at, at this point.
2: Yeah. I don't know that there's, as I look at the standings, I don't know that there's that team that's going to make a huge run. To be able to do that, like I'm trying to look at a team that could be maybe the profile of in the play-in right now that could maybe find its way to the top six. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is necessarily because Toronto's been playing better. But one thing is that if Tom Thibodeau was doing what Nick Nurse was doing this season, he would be getting lambasted for running essentially like a six and a half man rotation for a lot of this season. Nick Nurse has been doing that. And if he wasn't, you know, one of the most you know, respected and and thought of well thought of coaches in the league, maybe he'd be getting more flack for it just for well down the stretch. Are they going to have any gas left? So they're a team that's playing well that maybe would have the profile of it outside of the fact that I think they're just going to be, you know, they're just going to be dragging their tongues on the ground by the end of the year just because they're going to be so tired. So I think it is going to be somewhat similar to what the, the market looks like now where Monty Williams at Phoenix is the odds on favorite. Yeah. I think it's almost, I know it's been a lot of Cleveland here, but man, JB Bickerstaff, that Cleveland team. Uh, Yeah, that's it, man. They beat their win total, their preseason win total in game 45 of the season. That is insanity. The other, and honestly, like, and mind you, Phoenix has been incredible. They have like multiple 10 game win streaks, but considering all the <laughs> COVID issues and injuries that Miami has had, the fact that they're right at the top of the East too has been pretty crazy because they've been without Jimmy Butler for an extended period of time without Bam at a bio for an extended period of time. So honestly, like if I was forced to choose, I would choose Bickerstaff or Spolstra over Monty Williams at this point, if I had a vote for the awards. So. If anything, like I three and six, three and six to one. Yeah. I, I think there's value on those two guys right there. I honestly think it might come down to because of Tibbs and the profile that he had last year of being a team that wasn't as good. If I had to place a vote right now, it'd probably be for Spolstra, like Spolstra, Bickerstaff, Williams would probably actually maybe even Spolstra, Bickerstaff, Taylor Jenkins in Memphis, because he does a great job considering how many guys they have to be able to rotate through and how he utilizes all of them.
5: Any early thoughts on side total or any prop on the board for the Super Bowl and a no is just fine. You could just say you're going to listen to betQL Daily and early odds to get that info.
2: You know, I think I'm going to listen to betQL Daily and early <laughs> odds to get that info because I'll be honest, like I've been so in the NBA prop weeds that like I feel like I haven't even had time to like come up for error to even be like, oh yeah, the Super Bowl's happening because things are moving so fast in terms of
5: and the Bears changing. kind of turned everyone's lives
2: upside down at the score for a you week. think. Yeah. Or two. Yeah, think, yeah, it's like or like, three. I think, <laughs> I, I think about the things that I've I've gone through as a as an EP in the short amount of time I have. And it's crazy because I think it was my first week on the job was when the Kyle Beach an uh, initial uh scandal hit then we've obviously had what happened this week with rocky We've had the bears firing gm and coach hiring gm and coach and the bulls getting off to a great start so it's just been absolutely insane since i've gone on the job so you know while i'm trying to so and I'm not trying to, you know, make this sound terrible. It's a, it's a great gig. We oh, like,
5: we we love that chaos. We love yeah, it. Yeah. We be I mean, real.
2: We really do. But it's like, you know, while I'm trying to get my bearings in in a brand new job that I've never done before, bears, mm-hmm. uh that's, you know, it's something so, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I can only imagine what, you know, having an entire building filled with people that are on their first time doing a job, bears, is like. <laughs> at rick c camp <laughs> on twitter bulls radio hosts nba
5: player props 444.com and of course as you just mentioned executive producer for bernstein and rahimi rick thank you so much let's check in again in about a month because you know i mean these markets were just talking about Embiid. matter of a few weeks ago he's 50 to 1 now he's a favorite i mean these move quickly so it's something you need to keep checking if you're interested
2: i'm here for it anytime you want me i'm right here thanks rick
5: to for the Bulls to miss the playoffs. Just saying, if you're a little uneasy about your Bulls to make the playoffs ticket, it's a nice option to have. Maybe just a little something. I have a list of Super Bowl prop bets that the professionals hammered in Vegas. I'll share next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app.
4: Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
5: The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score. Follow me on Twitter by my name, at Joe Ostrowski. Ten days before the Super Bowl this past Thursday, Always a big evening at the Superbook in Las Vegas where they release all of their Super Bowl props. They posted 500 Super Bowl props, 9 p.m. our time on Thursday night. You get in line, all the sharp bettors are there in the city. You're allowed three bets per trip. Get to the front of the line, can bet three, a max of $2,000 a prop bet. Make your three bets. If you have more, you've got to go to the back of the line. The sharp bettors walk in with their numbers, and once they see everything posted, they figure out exactly what they're going to bet. Patrick Everson, Props.com, does a great job covering the industry, talked to a lot of bookmakers out there, and some sharper bettors to find out what they're on, and we saw some movement right away on Thursday night. Here's what the pros are betting. Under Five-and-a-half kickoff returns. They see a lot of touchbacks due to the touchback percentage with the two kickers in this game. Yes, both kickers will have a touchback in their first kickoff. They bet it individually as well with McPherson and Gay. Team rushing yards. Rams are favored by 20-and-a-half. It went down 10 yards on Thursday night. They bet the unders on Cooper Cup. The public will bet over receptions over longest reception over on yards everything over on Cooper Cup the expected offensive player of the year the Sharps are betting under Mixon to score a touchdown before acres that was a coin flip now Mixon is the favorite after the pros hit it one more longest punt Johnny Hecker under it went from 55 and a half down to 53 and a half the other night Always like to know what some of the pros are hitting first. Now, it doesn't mean that at some point they aren't going to come in on the other side. Maybe create some sort of a middle where they'll be able to hit both sides of the bet. Some that bet these props, that's what they're hoping for with every single wager. You've heard from BetSided's Ian McMillan throughout the season on this show. Strong season from Ian. And here's his tweet following Championship Sunday. The Rams are an easy bet in the Super Bowl. Don't overthink this. Rams, Rams, Rams. Here's Ian this week to explain on BetQL Daily.
3: Yeah, I, my a big part of my kind of betting strategy in the NFL is, is to fade the public narrative. Not necessarily the public money, but the public narrative. And especially in the NFL, I find... Uh, A lot of NFL fans have a little bit of a a short-term memory where they only kind of remember the last few weeks, and the Bengals are kind of that team. They won three games in the playoffs. Joe Burrow has looked fantastic. And listen, I am a Joe Burrow lover. I love the guy as much as anyone else. I was on the Bengals two weeks ago against the Titans. I was on the Bengals this past week to cover against the Chiefs. Uh, but they are just not as good of a football team as the Rams from top to bottom. Joe Burrow is great. There's 21 other starters on the team. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Their pass protection is terrible. Two of the three playoff teams that they faced had terrible pass rushes. And both the Raiders and the Chiefs, two second worst pass rush in the NFL. Now they have to face Aaron Donald, Von Miller, a very dangerous Rams pass rush. I wrote an article this week uh, about that saying I think the Rams were, were, are the easiest Super Bowl bet in recent history. I laid out 12 different stats that I feel are the 12 most important stats when trying to evaluate how good a football team is. The Rams had an advantage in 10 of those 12 stats. Now, the point that everyone brings up about the Rams is, oh, Matt Stafford's going to throw interceptions um, and he's going to give away the game. That's certainly possible. Uh, I recognize that for sure. But I think if you're betting on the Bengals, you're basically just betting on Matt Stafford to throw interceptions. Because if he doesn't, if this Rams team doesn't turn over the ball, they are the best most complete team in the nfl you look at all their losses this season every single one he threw at least one interception they had four turnovers against the bucks when they almost blew that lead if they don't turn over the ball i think they win this game in a landslide so i'm kind of married to statistics at this point i have to follow what they show me and they show me that the rams are just the more complete football team so uh, I, I bet them as soon as the line was released it was probably it was the quickest i've ever placed a, a bet uh when the super bowl has been decided Ian, I was reading your article, and I looked at the uh, the categories you threw up there, and 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 what the advantages the Rams have. I'm curious, you know, a lot to be made this week, and, and you highlighted it of the Rams defensive line and pass rush against the Bengals offense line. That that's established as probably the the biggest mismatch in the game. I'm curious, though, one of the numbers you had in here was the Bengals, and they ranked 23rd in opponents yards per play. And I know you brought that up as a, a stat you like to use uh, yards per play, opponent yards per play on the show before. The Bengals' defense, it has felt, watching the playoff games, like it has been better than it was during the regular season. They've made plays. They've ended all three playoff games on defense with an interception. Do you think they've gotten better, or do you still see the holes there that McVay and Stafford and the Rams will exploit in the Super Bowl? I think they have gotten marginally better. Well, I, also, don't forget, I mean, they, they got absolutely torched in the first half against the Chiefs. So kind of what happened in the second half, I think you'd have to kind of go back and actually dive into the film to really know. Was it defensive adjustments on the Bengals' side at halftime? Or was it the, the, the Patrick Mahomes started forcing throws and, and was it started, uh, stopped taking uh, what the defense was giving him? That's kind of up for debate, but... Yeah, maybe they're playing a little bit better, but once again, they haven't exactly been playing. Outside of the Chiefs, which they got torched by in the first half, they haven't been playing very high-octane offenses. Uh, the Raiders offense stumbled down the stretch. The Titans certainly wouldn't, weren't a good offense. I mean, you, you guys know my thoughts about the Titans. I don't need to get into that again. Uh, so, yeah, they're probably a little bit better, but at the end of the day, I, I have to take the larger sample size of statistics over maybe just a few-week sample size because sometimes teams just play good games defenses play good games i think you have to look at a bigger sample size uh to, to get a better idea of actually how good a team is uh and yeah you mentioned it their defensive numbers rank in the bottom 10 and most of them uh third down defense i love the third down stats uh and their 12th and third down offense 21st and third down defense that's not good you have to be able to get the other team off the field and the Bengals haven't been doing that all year so uh yeah maybe they've been playing a little bit better maybe their schemes have been a little bit better Uh, But I'm I'm still not buying in on them even being a a top 50% defense heading in the Super Bowl.
5: Ah, Rams. Easy. According to one of my favorite Canadians, Ian McMillan, residing in New York now has strong opinions, and he had a terrific football season. There you go. We'll have great Super Bowl guests all week on BetQL Daily, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Info on my Twitter feed, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Weekly contributor Jim Miller joins me to share a bulls angle and horses. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. (laughs) It's time to elevate your live betting game. Introducing PointsBet's new exclusive feature, live same-game parlays for NFL and NBA. NFL and NBA live same-game parlays can only be found on PointsBet. Instantly build the perfect live same-game parlay throughout the game. Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life. Welcome back. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. Sports Radio 670. The score. We bring in weekly contributor from Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet, Jim Miller. Jim, uh, we'll take a deep dive next week for Super Bowl Sunday into the game. All of our favorite prop bets as well. I'm going to be spending all weekend going through <laughs> the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of them. But uh, initial thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup that we have. It opened Rams minus three and a half against the Bengals that spiked to four and a half throughout the week. So some early professional betters jumping on the Rams don't know if that's where they'll land. The total opened at 50 and that seemed a tad high and it was brought down to 48, 48 and a half, depending on your book. And uh, I think this is interesting because the number might head back to where we were meaning it feels like the majority of the public is going to bet on Joe Burrow when he's getting more than a
6: field goal. And I would tend to think that just looking at the way the playoffs have have played out, Joe, you're probably right. We talked about those magic numbers time and again, that three and a half number, three number, four number. I mean, it, it, it's right there. I mean, yes, the Rams are playing in their home stadium. So that's something that you have to look to, but it really hasn't mattered for Cincinnati throughout the course of these playoffs. They've stepped up every time they've needed to. And I'll tell you, I mean, right now I'd probably side that way. Looking at the total, it was interesting, Joe, because to me that number around 48, 48 and a half could be an interesting number because I think you're going to look in the range of 49 or the low 50s. So I'm going to follow that one over the course of the next week, kind of see where it is. But right Mm -hmm. now I'd probably lean a little bit more towards the over than I would for a side and just kind of see what we're looking at for players as we get closer to next Sunday.
5: Entirely Super Bowl coverage next week, so make sure you're here on Early Odd Sports Radio six seventy. The score. I know there are a few NBA things on your mind, and I talked about it this week on BetQL Daily. Uh, the NBA MVP race has really heated up. It's interesting; the the favorite has finally changed. It's Joel Embiid, but even though there are over two months of regular season play left, and I hit on this with Rick Camp earlier in the show, Jim. It seems like the cutoff is five. The cutoff is five. Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Curry, and
6: then there's your guy. Who's your guy? Ja Morant. And here's the reason why, Joe. I mean, look at what betters want to find. They want to find the up-and-coming team. They want to find the start. They want the guy that is making all the highlights. And Ja Morant is sitting at 16-1 to right now. And you talk about movement. We talked, what, about a month and a half ago about Joel Embiid when he was a huge value. He was up around 30-1 to at the time, and now he is the favorite. But Morant just is so consistently good, and the team is playing well. And I think he's going to get a lot of consideration this year. And if he's on a team that makes the playoffs and it looks like they're headed in that direction, I think he's a guy that's going to be given consideration. And to me, he's the value right now.
5: Talk value? Points bet has value. John Baran at 16 because the other sports books, when you start to shop around and we always remind you awards, futures, this is where you can find your value. This is when you need to price shop. I see 10,
6: I see 11 to one, Jim. Yeah. 16 to one is the value. And there is going to be movement on that, but it's the time to jump in for that because you're right. This is a pretty significant difference. It's not like we're talking 15 to one, 16 to one. I mean, you're talking huge swings here in value. And the one thing that we've seen out of him, he's a guy that's out there each and every night. He's not taking nights off. He's he's there putting in the minutes, but he's a young guy again. He's the up and comer. He's kind of just, just the new guy to the scene. And there is the value there. And you're right. We always talk, Joe, about shopping your odds, finding where the value is. And this is the value when you're talking about NBA MVP.
5: All right. What about a, a Bulls play? People looking for a Bulls futures play. What is it?
6: I, I talked about this about a month ago. The Bulls to win the division. At the time a month ago, they were still a little bit over two to one. And even today, they're still sitting at two to one odds to win the division. And everybody's talking about Milwaukee as the heavy favorite here. We're only 32 games left in the season right now. And the Bulls still have Milwaukee by three games in the loss column. So this is one of those things where every night that you kind of chip away and grab another victory and just get a little bit closer there, it seems like that's still value. You're looking at two to one. And it's surprising. The Bulls still stand atop the East here, Joe. They're still 25-1 to to win the title. And even if they don't win the NBA title, I still think 2-1 to just to win this division when it's really just a two-team race is something that does provide a little bit of value.
5: What I find so interesting about the Eastern Conference playoff race, as jumbled as it is, you get the sense that one of those top six teams is going to slip here in the last couple months and miss the playoffs. Hope it's not the Bulls.
6: Yeah, (laughs) and I agree with you, and it's going to come down to health. It is. I I think it comes down to health, and here's the thing. They've had their scares. They had their scare with their big run of COVID, and I think they actually benefited by being the first team to go through that early in the year because they got some postponements, got some games rescheduled instead of just having to play shorthanded, and then they were able to come back and get some victories. They had the scare there with what happened with Zach Levine in the knee, and he missed a few games and came back. But now you look. You're still going to get Lonzo Ball back here fairly soon. You're still going to get Caruso back at the end of the season. DeRozan's been great. Vooch has been really good. He's a double-double machine now. Mm-hmm. So they're playing good enough basketball that I think they're going to be okay. But you're right. Somebody is going to slip. Just be curious to see who it is.
5: And when I say miss the playoffs, I'm talking betting purposes. And for betting purposes, if you make that wager, it's the top six. It's not the top 10, including uh, that those playoff games. Right.
6: It's changed a little bit too. Yeah, it's changed in the NBA just with that play in. And it's really interesting. I think it muddies the waters actually a little bit, Joe. I wish they'd kind of gone back to how it used to be, but it does muddy things a little bit for me.
5: All right, Jim, what are you thinking about the horses today?
6: You know what? There's three races that I want to look at. We do have a couple of derby preps. So that's one thing we have to look at. So Aqueduct race number eight. Bet the four-horse Gilded Age across the board. This one's 10-to-1 in the morning line. Go to Gulfstream Park, race 11. Bet the eight-horse White Abario across the board. This one's 6-to-1. And then at Hawthorne on Saturday, race 9. Bet the eight Shockwave across the board. All three horses should provide a lot of value.
5: And Pro Bowl MVP tomorrow. I don't care. (laughs) Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to stump you on that one. You know, I didn't even see it posted all week. That used to be a thing. You can't even find this stuff. I don't even know if they still do the Pro Bowl MVP. Jim, I'm checking out. You know what? They extended the season. They want more out of me. I'm taking a break. I'm just waiting on the Super Bowl. You're getting zero seconds of my time
6: tomorrow. You know what? Here's the only thing I'd say. Find whatever the total is and bet the over because there'll be no defense.
5: Yes. Yeah. How high are they going to set that number? All right. Jim Miller, weekly contributor here on Early Odds from Hawthorne Race Course and PointsBet Sportsbook. Jim, looking forward to next week. It's going to finally be here, uh, and we're going to both have a ton of props to talk about right here on Early Odds. Uh, Have an enjoyable weekend.
6: You too. I'll make sure that I have some good props for you to try to stump you as well.
5: How did I know? Earlier this hour, we've got Rick Camp here saying, take the Bucks to win the Central Division. And there's Jim Miller preaching that there's still value on the Bulls, of course. Next week on Early Odds and all week on BetQL Daily, plus my four score appearances throughout the week, every which way you can bet on the Super Bowl, don't worry, I will mix it up from day to day because there is plenty to discuss BetQL Daily airs live 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app under the BetQL network and on 105.9 FM HD2. Subscribe to both pods for me. Please do that. BetQL Daily and Early Odds. Inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash some tickets this weekend. Pro Bowl, NHL All-Star, Olympics. All right, we'll settle on hoops. And keep it locked here on 670 to score.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.